And good afternoon. You're listening to Ken Hudnall. This is the Ken Hudnall Show. Coming to you from our studios right here in exciting El Paso, Texas. Can't wait to the Old West in the most haunted city in the country. Well, today's May the 30th, 150th day of the year. 215 days remain to the year's over with. This is National E-Bike Day. E-Bike, of course, are electronic bikes. National Mint Julep Day. Thanksgiving. International Hug Your Cat Day. Loomis Day. National Creativity Day. National Hole in My Bucket Day. Uh, National Jennifer Day. National Sophia Day. And World Multiple Sclerosis Day. Let's see what else we got. Um, Day of the Canary Islands. It's a public holiday in the Spanish Autonomous Community of the Canary Islands. Uh, it's the anniversary of the first session of Parliament of, the, of that particular uh, group of islands. Alrighty. In the year 70 was the Siege of Jerusalem. Titus and the Roman legions breached the second wall of Jerusalem. Jewish defenders retreat to the first wall. So the Romans built a circumvallation, cutting down all the trees within 15 kilometers. And on this day in 1381, beginning of the Peasants' Revolt in England. Also known as Wat Tyler's Rebellion, or the, the Great Rising. The major uprising across large parts of England. Now, there were various reasons for the revolt, including the social, economic, and political tensions generated by the Black Death of the 1340s and the high taxes resulting from the conflict with France during the Hundred Years' War. And local leadership in London was not exactly what you'd call stable. Uh, 1416, the Council of Constance, called by Emperor Sigismund, supporter of the inner Pope John XXIII, Burns Jerome of Prague following a trial for heresy. In the name of God, I'm going to burn you. You have to wonder why. In 1431, Hundred Years' War, in Rouen, France, the 19-year-old Joan of Arc is burned at the stake by an English-dominated tribunal. Though there are stories, he never allowed anybody to get close enough to really identify her that she was replaced with a devil and uh, eventually came back uh, a number of years later. Uh, 1434, the Hussite War, Battle of the Pani. Effectively ending the war, the UltraQuest forces led by Divis Barak of Mountainek, the defeat almost annihilate the Taborite forces led by Prokop the Great. 1510, during the reign of Zengde Emperor, Ming Dynasty rebel leader Zhu Zifan is defeated by Commander Ku, ending the Prince of Anhu Rebellion. 1536, King Henry VIII of England marries Jane Seymour, lady-in-waiting to his first two wives. He had an interesting way of dealing with uh, dissolving marriages. He just killed his spouse. Legally, of course. 1588, the last ship of the Spanish Armada set sail from Lisbon, heading for the English Channel. 1631, publication of Gazette de France, the first French newspaper, took place on this date. 1635, in the 30 years' war, the Peace of Prague is signed. 1642, from this date, all honors granted by Charles I of England are retroactively in the Oval Parliament. So if he gave you a title, you're screwed. Uh, 1723, John Sebastian Bach, or I'm sorry, Johann Sebastian Bach, assumed the office of Thomas Cantor in Leipzig, presenting his first new cantata, Die Elden Solen Essen, uh, in the St. Nicholas Church on the first Sunday after Trinity. Uh, 1806, future U.S. President Andrew Jackson kills Charles Dixon in a duel. Jackson had a bit of a temper about him. 1814, the first Treaty of Paris is signed, returning the French frontiers to their 1792 extent, restoring the House of Bourbon to power. 
1815, the East Indian Indiaman Einstein is wrecked during a storm at uh, Lanhus Crans near Cape Algos in present day uh, South Africa. 372 people die. 1834, Minister of Justice Joaquim Antonio de Aguirre issued a law seizing all convents, monasteries, colleges, hospices, and any other houses from the Catholic religious orders in Portugal. They got him the nickname of the Friar Killer. 1842, John Francis attempts to murder Queen Victoria. She drives down Constitution Hill in London with Prince Albert. 1845, the Fatel Razak, coming from India, lands in the Gulf of Paria and Trinidad and Tobago, carrying the first Indians to the country. Uh, 1854, the Kansas-Nebraska Act becomes law establishing U.S. territories of Kansas and Nebraska. 1866, Bedrick Smetana's comic opera, The Bartered Bride, premiered in Prague. 1868, Declaration Day, the predecessor of the modern Memorial Day, is observed in the U.S. for the first time after a proclamation by John Logan, head of the Grand Army of the Republic, which was a veterans group. 1876, Ottoman Sultan Abdulaziz is deposed, succeeded by his nephew, Murad V. 1883, in New York City, a stampede on the recently opened Brooklyn Bridge kills 12 people. Uh, 1899, Pearl Hart, a female outlaw in the Old West, lobbed a stagecoach 30 miles southeast of Globe, Arizona. Now, for those not familiar with Pearl Hart, um... She committed one of the last recorded stagecoach robberies in the U.S. And the crime gained notoriety primarily because she was a female. Now, many um, details of her life are uncertain. The reports are varied and often contradictory. Now, she died December 30th, 1955, at the age of 84, in Gia County, Arizona. She was born in 1871 in Ontario, Canada. Uh, she was pardoned for her crimes. She was married to Frank Hart and George Calvin Cal Bywater. Had two children, Jill and Emma Hart. And she was uh, convicted of interfering with the U.S. mail. Penalty was five years since so she served two in her youth, she was, um, shall we say, quite a looker. 1911, at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway, the first Indianapolis 500 ends with Ray Haroon and his Marmon Wasp becoming the first winner of the 500-mile auto race. 1913, a Treaty of London is signed, ending the First Balkan War. Albania becomes an independent nation. 1914, the new and then the largest uh, Cunard Ocean Liner, RMS Aquitania. 45,647 tons set sail on her maiden voyage from Liverpool to New York City. This day in 1922, the Lincoln Memorial is dedicated in Washington, D.C. 1925, May 30th movement, Shanghai Municipal Police Force shoot and kill 13 protesting workers. That's the May 30th movement. which was a, a major labor and, and imperialist movement during the middle period of the Republic of China, began when the uh, Shanghai Municipal Police opened fire on Chinese protesters in Shanghai's international settlement. Um, the shootings marked, uh, sparked international censure and nationwide anti-foreign demonstrations and riots. 1937, Memorial Day Massacre, Chicago police shoot and kill 10 labor demonstrators. 1941, World War II, Manolis Glazos and Apostola Santos climb the Athenian Acropolis and tear down the German flag. 1942, Germans took a dim view of that. 1942, World War II, thousand British bombers launch a 90-minute attack on Cologne, Germany. 1943, the Holocaust. Joseph Mengele becomes chief medical officer at the uh, 
Romani family camp at the Auschwitz concentration camp. 1948, dike along the flooding Columbia River breaks, obliterating Vanport, Oregon within minutes. Fifteen people die and tens of thousands are left homeless. 1958, Memorial Day. Remains of two unidentified American servicemen killed in action during World War II and the Korean War, respectively, are buried at the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier in Arlington National Cemetery. 1959, the Auckland Harbor Bridge crossing the Waitamata Harbor in Auckland, New Zealand, is officially opened by Governor General Charles Lyttelton, 10th Viscount Cobham. 1961, the longtime Dominican dictator Rafael Trujillo is uh, assassinated in Santo Domingo, Dominican Republic. 1961 also saw Viasa Flight 897 crash after takeoff from Lisbon Airport. 61 people are killed. 1963, a protest against pro Catholic discrimination during the Buddhist crisis is held outside South Vietnam's. Uh, National Assembly, first open demonstration during the eight-year rule of uh, Liu Dengin. Eighteen sixty-six, former Congolese Prime Minister Evariste Kimba and several other politicians are publicly executed in Kinshasa on the orders of President Joseph Mobutu. 1967, a Nigerian eastern region declares independence as Republic of Biafra, which, of course, sparked a civil war. 1968, Charles de Gaulle reappears publicly after his flight to Baden-Baden, Germany, and dissolves the French National Assembly by a radio appeal. Immediately after that, less than one million of his supporters march on the Champs-Élysées in Paris, a turning point of... May 1968 events in uh, France. 1971, the Mariner program. Mariner 9 is launched to map 70% of the surface and to study temporal changes in the atmosphere and the surface of Mars. 1972, the Angry Brigade goes on trial after a series of 25 bombings throughout the UK. Now, for those not familiar with the Angry Brigade, it was a far-left British terrorist group responsible for a series of bomb attacks in England. Between 1970-72, they targeted banks and embassies and the BBC outside broadcast vehicle and homes of conservative members of parliament. Uh, police attribute 25 bombings to the Angry Brigade. Mostly caused property damage. One person was slightly injured. Of the eight people who stood trial, uh, known as the uh, Stoke Newington Eight, four were acquitted. John Barker, along with Hillary Creek, Anna Mendelssohn, and Jim Greenfield convicted on majority verdicts and sentenced to 10 years. In a 2014 interview, Barker described the trial as political but acknowledged that they, uh, they framed a guilty man. Which is an interesting view. Normally you frame an innocent man. Alrighty, 1972 also saw Ben at Ben Gurion Airport. At that point in time, it was the Lod Airport in Israel. Members of the Japanese Red Army carry out the Lod Airport to massacre. They killed 24 and injured 78 others. 1974, the Airbus A300 passenger aircraft first enters service. 1975, European Space Agency is established. 1979, down East Flight 46 crashes on approach to Knox County Regional Airport in Rockland, Maine. Seventeen people were killed. 1982, during the Cold War, Spain joins NATO. 1989, Tenement Square protest. A ten-meter-high goddess of democracy statue is unveil unveiled in Tenement Square by student demonstrators. 1990, Croatian parliaments constituted for, after the first free multi-party elections. Today, that's celebrated as the National Day of uh, Croatia. 1998, the 6.5 Afghanistan earthquake shook the Takar province of northern Afghanistan with a maximum Mercalli intensity of 7, which is considered very strong. Killed between 4,000 and 4,500 people. 1998, nuclear testing. Pakistan conducts an underground test in the Karan Desert reported to be a plutonium device and 
of the yield of 20 kilotons of uh, TNT equivalent. 2003, the Payan Massacre. At least 70 people associated with the National League for Democracy are killed by a government-sponsored uh, mob in Burma. Aung San Suu Kyi uh, flees the scene but is arrested shortly after that. Now, Aung San Suu Kyi, um, sometimes just called Suu Kyi, is a Burmese politician, diplomat, and author and 1991 won the Nobel Peace Prize, uh, served as a state council of the Myanmar uh, Minister of Foreign Affairs, 2016 to 2021. Uh, served as a leader of the National League for Democracy since the party's founding in 1988. And while it was a legal party up until um, 2011 to, uh, to 2023, she was the chairperson. She played a vital role in uh, Myanmar's transition from military junta to partial democracy and um, let's see in uh, March 28, 2023 her office chairperson of the National League for Democracy was abolished So, two thousand eight Convention on Cluster Munitions is adopted. Also, in two thousand eight, TACA Flight three ninety overshoots a runway at uh, Tonkantan International Airport in uh, Honduras and crashes, kills five people. Twenty twelve, former Liberian President Charles Taylor sentenced to fifty years in prison for his role in atrocities committed during the Sierra Leone Civil War. Twenty thirteen, Nigeria passes a law banning same sex marriage. Twenty twenty, the Crew Dragon Demo two launches from the Kennedy Space Center, becomes the first crewed orbital spacecraft to uh, launch from the US since two thousand eleven, the first commercial flight to the International Space Station. The uh, the spacecraft in question was uh, named Endeavour. Launched on a Falcon 9 booster and carried NASA astronauts Douglas uh, Hurley and Robert um, Bacon. Well, there have been a lot of folks into space to include William Shatner. And I don't mean on the Enterprise. All right. Um, all that having been talked about, you know, yesterday we started talking about um, the rumored Nazi moon base. Um, the Bifrost Protocols laid out by Hans Kammler. Uh, put together a pretty detailed plan for the establishment of the base and then he and his um, specialist all vanished. Supposedly they left Prague uh, going to base 211 in Antarctica. Now as long as people have been writing about the Nazi moon base they've been doing it for quite some time. There have been two myths that the base is on the dark side of the moon and it's shaped like a swastika. And according to the best information I can find, that's not true. Um, symbolism aside, swastika-shaped building is impractical, especially if personnel are restricted to the inside of it. Simply takes too long to move from the end of one arm to the end of another, and connecting passages become choked with traffic. And a base located on the dark side of the moon is also not practical. While it's not literally dark, the far side of the moon faces away from Earth, making it impossible to observe or fire on the Earth from another location there. So Kamler and his people needed to be able to keep a watch on the Earth, monitor radio transmissions, and aim their planned wonder weapon at the United States and other targets. 
Now, according to best records, the Honabu uh, class of uh, circular craft is what uh, was developed to move uh, Campbell and his people from uh, their bases in Europe before they were overrun by the Russians and by our troops. And according to best information, Hanabu 3 ships uh, completed several survey missions in 1946 and 1947 while final preparations for Anhanhar were underway at New Swabenland. Now, New Land, if you remember, was an area that had been uh, claimed by Germany in 1938. It was a large area. It had originally been Queen Maud land in Antarctica. Uh, possible sites that Campbell and his people looked at were on the edges of the Sea of Tranquility and in the mountain range south of the Ptolemaeus crater. Now, the site that Campbell eventually chose was the Aristarchus crater, northwest of the moon's near side. It's uh, 24.9 miles across and 2.3 miles deep. It allowed room for the base to grow while remaining small enough to be defensible in the event of an attack. Because remember, as far as Kamler was concerned, the war was not over. So once he started his um, aggressive campaign bombing the Allied nations, he expected to be attacked. And the shadows of the crater's rim would help conceal the base from any Earth-based telescope that was then in existence. The nearby Starkus Plateau showed signs of volcanic, uh, volcanic origin, holding out the hope of uh, metal and minerals. Most important of all, though, was the crater's position on the Earth-facing side of the moon. From Aristarchus, you have a good view of the Earth, but it's sufficiently offset from the center of the near side to put the base in sunlight most times. And as well as providing warmth, sunlight was critical to one of the base's weapons. At least a weapon that Kamler had high hopes of using during the bombardment phase. Now, when he was planning the Bifos Protocol and the construction of the Wahala base, uh, Germany's heavy industry was under considerable strain, as you might guess. American daylight bombing raids were crippling Germany's industrial capacity and the advancing Red Army were overrunning vital oil fields and mines, which, of course, cut down on the supply of raw materials. And as the head of the SS head of the Wunderwaffen production, he had access to a wide range of existing projects, but he couldn't commission any special projects of his own. So he decided to design the Wahala base around existing craft and structures, all of which he could easily have transported to the moon. Now remember the um, Hanabu 4 or the fourth uh, incarnation of that project was a huge uh, circular craft. And the way they designed the base it was going to use the escaped Hanabu fleet as its structures. The huge Anabu 4 acts as the command center and provides accommodation for the base's personnel. Anabu 3 craft are laid out in a circle around it, connected by tunnels made up from the pressurized fuselage sections of uh, Focke-Wulf TA-400I altitude bombers. Now, a lot of writers who can't give up the romantic idea of the swastika ground plan. It suggested the layout of the Wahala base is a form of the black sun emblem. But at the end of the day, if nothing else, Kamler was practical. Nothing in his history shows him to be anything other than a ruthless pragmatist. And the wheel-shaped layout is simply the most practical given the components on hand. It connects every part of the base in a way that minimizes distance and offers multiple routes between two points in case a particular tunnel becomes damaged or blocked or jammed with other traffic. So the way they designed it, they put the Hanabu 4, which is the largest of the craft, at the center of the base. 
and the upper levels. It's a multi-level um, craft. The upper levels are devoted to command and communications, the middle levels to accommodation, and the lower levels to maintenance and logistics. Now, the middle levels of the Hanabu 4 were originally designed to be bomb bays to carry nuclear and other weapons that the craft was designed to drop on the continental U.S. Now, if you're wondering why this wasn't done prior to the end of the war, it was because even up until they took the craft into Swabenland, they had technical issues that had to be resolved before it could become a um, dependable weapon. The craft was got its final fit out in Antarctica. And at that point in time, the bomb bay doors were sealed and the space converted into a series of bunk rooms and cabins, some of which were four stories high. Now, the Hanabu 4's Thule Tribework 9B power source is located in the lower levels of the craft, along with uh, the SM Swebber maneuvering motors and associated equipment. After landing, the underside weapon positions were stripped and their weapons moved to upper mountings. This created space for a series of maintenance workshops and supply stores. Remember, when they went, they were certain in the not do this in the future, they'd be coming back as victors. Well, it didn't quite work out that way. So the base had to be designed, uh, and Kamler being the pragmatist that he was, had to be designed with the possibility in mind that their exile to the moon would be permanent. Now, I talked yesterday about the American Bomber Project. They were going to bomb the, you know, the uh, citizens of the U.S., except for um, the Revolution, War of 1812, and uh, the Civil War, had not been the direct um, victims of war. Wars had always been fought elsewhere. Well... Hitler hoped with the America Obama project, he'd put the American people on the front line. And one of the contenders was the Fock Wolf TA-400. Uh, it was a huge aircraft. And although the Messerschmitt ME-264, one of the first jets, was the front runner, um, Reich Air Ministry documents from 44 and 45 show Kamler demanded an unusually extensive manufacturing test on the, the TA-400's pressurized uh, fuselage sections. Now, cabin pressurization allowed an aircraft to operate at higher altitudes, out of reach of all but the heaviest flak and the most advanced fighters. And he said these test runs were necessary to perfect this new design feature, which would be useful, even if the TA-400 wouldn't put into full production. Well, under the pretense of his manufacturing test, he supplied himself with enough of the pressurized bomber fuselages to link all the Hanabu craft and turn the Wahala base into one single structure. Now, after they landed on the moon, Hanabu 3 craft were adapted for use as laboratories and workshops. In addition to food production and waste processing functions, they housed uh, several uh, E-4 branches devoted to weapons development and genetic engineering and uh, other research. And the initial phase of construction was brief, of course. The smaller saucers lifted the fuselage passages uh, into place around the Hanabu 4 before landing themselves, and once they landed, the welding crews connected the base together, working both inside the base and outside on the lunar surface. And after the initial pressurization, smoke was used to detect flaws and leaks, which were patched from the outside. And uh, I don't know if you're familiar with the, the Glock or the Bell, which was a... Um, one of their secret projects. It was actually a real generator. And it was, one of those was brought from New Swabenland to power the base. And air recyclers from the Type uh, 26 U-boats were adapted to provide life support. I mean, Kamler thought of everything when he put this design together. And as the base expanded, underground chambers were dug using real power, and mineral extraction sites were set up both beneath the base and out on the Astarcus Plateau. Pressure bulkheads are added to the Hanabu craft, creating a hard seal with the lunar bedrock, and the excavated chambers are sealed using a compound known as uh, Klebstoff 10. 
been developed as an adhesive to help with construction of aircraft and U-boats. By 1972, it was estimated as much as 75% of the Wahaba base was located underground. Now, of course, any activity um, on the lunar surface requires a pressure suit. And during the first phase of construction, Wahaba's crew used a modified version of the Drager suit, which had been developed for high-altitude aircraft, such as the, the Horton HO-229. And based on the diving suits, which were Drager's main product, it was made of laminated uh, silk and rubber with a helmet made of clear, uh, rigid plastic. And it worked reasonably well at high altitude, except for a tendency to inflate like a balloon, which restricted a pilot's movements and pressed the visor uh, squarely against the face. Well, Kamler gave some new specifications for a rigid suit and had it put inside a Navy requirement for a deep diving suit for salvage teams. This project resulted in the creation of a heavy space suit that featured metal joints and an armored helmet. Developments of the heavy space that were reportedly in use as late as uh, the 1970s. The, uh, the Kampfustung Siegfried, as it was known, was a class of power armor developed for heavy infantry use as well as construction. Now, the Wahala Moon Base was initially made up of components that were shipped from Earth and assembled inside the Aristarchus Crater. And as I said, the Hanabu 4 was the command center. Eight of the smaller Hanabu 3 saucers were refitted as laboratories and workshops. The Glock, or the Bell, power source uh, shipped from a mine in Silesia provided the base with almost unlimited power. And a V-9 railgun capable of hurling building-sized rocks at Earth provided the base's main offensive armament. Well, with the, the debacle at the end of World War II, um, it was clear that um, the Bifrost Protocol would not be, um, could not be carried out as originally intended. However... There's a lot of information that supports the fact that uh, they are, in fact, building a Fourth Reich. Now, the Wahala's bases, various research and development and manufacturing projects, uh, I'll describe it in another show, but uh, the day-to-day -day operations are worthy of discussion, primarily due to the ingenious way in which the Wahala's crew overcame the challenges of building and maintaining a base on the moon. Now, I'll point out that uh, in the 1960s, the U.S. Army came up with uh, Project Horizon, which was designed around building a base on the moon. You have to wonder why. Now, the Hanabu 3 were designed with an endurance of uh, seven or eight weeks. That's about seven times the duration of the Apollo 11 moon landing mission in 1969. Performance figures for the Hanabu 4 are unknown, but we assume its endurance was at least equal to that of its predecessors. And once on the moon, Kamler and his scientists had to give the problem of sustained life support. Uh, had to make that a top priority. Now, the Hanabu craft were equipped with air recyclers similar to what you find on um, the U-boats. And um, captured SS records show Kamler took at least 40 air recyclers from the Blom and Voss yards in Hamburg. That's where the Type 26 U-boats were under development. And these were designed to sustain a crew of 33 during voyages lasting several weeks and would have stressed the performance of Hanabu oxygen generators considerably. And we have no idea how many people he took with him. Got a general idea how many folks were taken, uh, evacuated uh, to um, Base 211. But how many left there to go to um, the moon is anybody's guess. And although the specifics of the base life support equipment is a mystery, it's clear Cameron is people able to create a stable, pressurized environment that has kept uh, 
Valhalla's personnel alive for more than four generations. Now, you certainly have the personnel and equipment to extract oxygen, hydrogen, and nitrogen. Um, using real power or by conventional electrochemical means. Electronic oxygen and hydrogen reactors would have provided auxiliary power and also uh, drinkable water as a byproduct. Now, the wastewater recyclers aboard the Hanabu craft were designed to sustain each saucer's crew for no more than two months. And uh, the considerably larger population of the Wahala base, as well as the needs of food production, made it vital that Kamler and his people found ways to extract water from the soil. Of the moon, no less. The oxygen-hydrogen reactors I mentioned just a few moments ago uh, produced water as a byproduct, but not in sufficient quantities to uh, sustain a colony indefinitely. Now, water ice is present in the surface layers of the moon. Our research has shown that. In small and localized patches where comets have crashed into the lunar surface and thrown up enough debris to cover the ice before it can... Uh, sublimate and be dispersed by the solar winds. Photograph taken by Luna 13 lander in December 66 shows what appears to be an abandoned open cast mine against the southeast wall of the crater where it landed, as well as markings that appear to be uh, from track vehicles. Well, the presence of water on the moon wasn't really confirmed in 2009, but experts believe the Luna chanced upon an ice extraction site in the shadow of the crater wall. And, well, in addition to water, they had to have food to feed everybody they took. And while they could carry a good bit with them, those supplies wouldn't have lasted indefinitely. So hydroponics, growing plants without soil, which was developed back in the 30s, Uh, may well have um, come into play. One of the earliest successful applications was developed by the Pan American Airlines on Wake Island. Later to become famous in World War II, this atoll was an important refueling stop for Pan Am's Trans-Pacific flights. Airline crew grew vegetables for their passengers when the cost of shipping them proved uh, prohibitive. And if they could do it there, they could do it on board the craft that Kamler developed. Now, in January 1948, now you, uh, most folks have heard of Operation High Jump, which was our first attempt to, uh, well, shall we say, neutralize Base 211. Ended with um, a lot of casualties and equipment losses to Admiral Byrd. But in January 1948, a second attempt was made. It was called Operation Windmill. And it discovered remains of the abandoned New Swaben land base at, uh, in Antarctica. And among the remains of the base, the expedition scientists discovered clear evidence of hydroponic cultivation of wheat, rye, and vegetables, which would have been uh, as vital in Antarctica as it would be on the moon. Geological surveys and lander missions from the 60s on have confirmed that the uh, lunar surface provides all the minerals necessary to mix a Hoagland solution, soil uh, substitute. In addition, biologists attached to Operation Windmill recovered bones and droppings indicated the presence of sheep and pigs and cattle at the New Swabin land base, as well as laboratory equipment consistent with artificial insemination and genetic research. Uh, it is said that there is a uh, classified report in the files of the Air F U.S. Air Force that concludes the Nazis took any remaining livestock with them. They also took a unit of uh, female soldiers that were uh, placed on board one of the U-boats uh, and uh, it's believed taken to uh, New Swabinland. And when designing the Wahala base, Kamler took every precaution to avoid wasting resources that wouldn't be as literally replaced on the moon as they could be on Earth. Water processing begins with water extraction and purification to replenish the base uh, 
water supply. And next, we've got the dried waste that passes through a number of fermentations that yield methane and other hydrocarbons. These were especially important during the base's early years when certain operations were still fueled by combustion engines. But since the mid-60s, it's believed the zero-point energy from the Glock has replaced the need for hydrocarbon fuels. Now they use mainly to supplement the soil substitute using the base hydroponic labs. And in the final stage, the waste is processed chemically to extract trace amounts of metals and minerals. Based on U.S. experiments over the last 20 years, it's estimated less than 0.18 ounces of non-recoverable waste is produced per person per day. Now I mentioned earlier the Glock or the Bell, also known as the, the Octavian Bell, the Glock power source, uh, which came out of Thule Society research, indicated that placing mercury under magnetic uh, stress could alter its fundamental nature and reach a virtually unlimited supply of energy. Now, among the other little-known projects of the the Nazis was a program called uh, Lantern Bearer. The project began in the fall of '43 to construct a, a Glock in Silesia's Winslow's mine using a radioactive mercury isotope called uh, a from 525. The Glock was large enough to power the entire Third Reich. At least that was the theory. Now, Russian and Polish forces overran Silesia in 1945. During the early years of the Cold War, it was feared the Soviet Union had captured the Glock and would turn its power against the U.S. and its allies. But in 1968, Apollo 8 photographed the Glock in the Aristarchus crater. Now, it was known when that area started to be overrun. All the research vanished, all the equipment vanished, and a lot of the scientists were stood up against a wall and shot. It's believed it was done by Kamler, or at least on his orders. Now, after the primary structures of the base were in position, the power plant of the Hannibal craft was coupled together to create a uh, working power grid. And while this would be sufficient for day-to-day -day operations, certainly, they'd need a much larger power source to meet the needs of the very special projects that he uh, brought with him. As an interim measure, while the Glock zero-point energy source is being set up, the saucer's power plants are supplemented by a steam turbine system taken from stripped U-bolt parts. At least that was uh, the theory. An array of water-filled pipes took advantage of the moon's uh, daytime surface temperatures of about 240 degrees Fahrenheit to uh, generate electricity. And this was a makeshift system, of course, and it was never intended to last. And it failed after a few months under the extreme stress of lunar temperature variations. However, once the Glock was online, the steam turbine system was cannibalized for parts and raw materials. Uh, late as 1958, an early Soviet lunar mission photographed what seemed to be a scrapyard containing lengths of pipe and what appeared to be turbine blades. Well... As part of the Bifrost Protocols, the Hanabu 4 was fitted with a Orsberg Reese giant uh, radar system with a range of about 60 miles. And the system had continually upgraded over the years, and according to classified U.S. Air Force documents, the base was able to detect an attacking MQ-37 drone from a range of 200 miles during a 2015 mission. Wurzburg array supplemented by various radio and television antenna, which allow the base to monitor transmissions from the Earth. So, as you might guess, this is part of the ongoing real war of the worlds that I started talking about a number of shows ago. Outgoing radio traffic from the Wahala base was first detected by Britain's Jodrell Bank uh, Observatory in early 1949. First radio intercepts were handed off to the Government Code and Cipher School in RAF East Code in West London, which found they were internal base communications and not messages to surviving Nazis on Earth. The uh, the watching brief passed to a 
joint project run by GCHQ from its Sheltonham headquarters with assistance from I-5 and the Ministry of Defense. By 1951, both the CIA and the KGB had become aware of the lunar com- transmissions and created their own monitoring programs. This led directly to the U.S.-Soviet space programs, which we'll be talking about later, and that was the basis for Kennedy wanting to work with the Russians. Of course, you saw how that came out. Now, under the Bifrost Protocol, Kamala planned to take enough resources to the moon to sustain the Wahala base for three months. During that period, all personnel not directly involved in base construction were assigned to lunar exploration and prospecting. And these early missions showed that iron and oxygen and silicon are abundant on the lunar surface, along with magnesium, aluminum, manganese, titanium. As expected, carbon and nitrogen were extremely scarce, and the stringent waste recycling program was set up to preserve what had been brought from Earth. Medical, metal extraction and refining became one of the most important day-to-day operations as soon as the Glock power source was working. A number of lunar and squared-off features have been photographed on the moon, contrasting markedly with the crater surrounding them. Now, some have claimed that this is proof of alien activity, and NASA and other agencies have declined to comment beyond immediately calling the photographs fakes. But a few writers have noted these images are similar to aerial photos of open cast mine and their supporting road networks. Well, when Kamler devised the Bifrost Protocols, he had more in mind than simply the survival of the Nazi ideology and advancing technology. He knew removing vital projects and personnel to the moon would buy a window of time in which the Wahala base could be undetected and a longer window within which the Allies wouldn't be able to reach it and he wanted to make full use of that. So he applied stringent criteria to selecting the projects to be taken to Wahala, some were necessary for the survival and development of the base itself, and others had to offer a way to strike back at the bases uh, during the base's period of impunity or a means of returning to Earth and force when the time was right. It all had to be feasible in the harsh and airless lunar environment. So the operations of the Wahala base were organized into four divisions, covering life, uh, population, weapons, space flight, and support. And every project was assigned to one of these divisions. Now, the life support systems, including construction and maintenance, uh, were the most important of the divisions when Wahala was founded, and this division settled into a maintenance role. Weaponry that oversees all long range weaponry is in charge of uh, the projects designed to allow them to strike back at the Earth. Spaceship development, production, and operation is well, this division is in charge of the saucer fleet and plays a major role in long range defense missions to Earth in preparation for uh, their plan for invasion. Then there's population and personnel. In addition to running the bases, Liebensborn program. Uh, it oversees technical and troop training and the development of meta-human personnel and the Android program. Apparently, they do have an Android program, which would explain a lot. Now, Liebensborn, that's um, part of the Division for Population and Personnel, and it was tasked with um, ensuring the base's population could sustain itself over as many generations as necessary until the completion of the Bifrost Protocol. Well, the maintaining a sufficient population that provides for the base personnel needs, this division took charge of political indoctrination, education, and training. Now, we can't forget political indoctrination. The Liebensborn program was actually begun by the SS in 1935 with the goal of finding children who possessed the physical characteristics of the Aryan ideal to increase the breeding stock of the Aryan race. Initially, this uh, project focused on SS members and their families, but as the war progressed, it became common to seize children from occupied countries and bring them to Germany for what was called re-education. And although the Liebenborn program didn't come directly under Kamler's command, by 1945, his prestige within the SS enabled him to requisition more than 200 of the Liebensborn, ages 13 to 18, for technical apprenticeships, as he called them. 
Apprentices were accepted, uh, were selected for their devotion to Nazi ideals as well as their technical aptitude. This younger population was the seed of a self-sustaining community and would keep the base staffed over a period of generations as plans and preparations were made for a return to Earth and the creation of a new uh, Nazi Reich. Now, within the Liebensborn gene pool, um, and as you guess, it was a small gene pool, it increased the odds of mutations arising within the population. Few very heavily built figures have been seen on surveillance images of the base. And after action reports from the 1972 American assault mentioned a, a few so-called trolls of massive bill, but lower than average intelligence. Hmm. Sounds like members of Congress. Formed into four-man uh, stormtrooper sections and used as an expendable berserker-style shock force for base defense. Now, there have been persistent rumors that Hitler's brain was smuggled out of Germany before the surrender, and it may have existed somewhere in a cloned body, even in an armored robot. Of course, the Valhalla base is one possibility, but most intelligence uh, analysts and experienced Nazi hunters consider that a remote possibility. There's a lot of evidence that, in fact, he and his um, immediate um, staff were flown out of Berlin, um, his personal pilot was known to be one of the last fl to fly out. Uh, they cleared the street so that she could take off in her small plane. And nobody knows who was on board the plane with her. But um, Martin Bormann, who supposedly died in Berlin, was identified in uh, Argentina, as well as others who were never allowed to be seen. So it may well be that, uh, in fact, I read a number of things that say he actually died in Argentina in the 1960s. Well, there are two main theories regarding the whereabouts of Hitler's brain. At least some of his body was smuggled to Brazil. Joseph Mengele planned to create clone copies of the Fuhrer. His plan was Mengele's plan was thwarted in 1978 by Viennese Nazi hunter um, Rumors that his uh, Hitler's brain was taken to a separate location in South America had never been proven. Second theory arose after an American secret agent reported encountering a power-armored Hitler in a remote German castle where a number of other experiments were taking place. Now, this report was initially dismissed as uh, Hitler was known to be in Berlin at that time, but another encounter was reported in Romania in 1952. Some writers now believe a clone of Hitler, or his, at least his head, was encased in a robotic body and removed either to the moon or to the elsewhere. So it can't be denied that a resurrected Hitler would have a powerful symbolic view, a value for a uh, Nazi return to the earth. Well, on that note, we can end today's show. We'll be back tomorrow and once again be talking about more bizarre stories about the Nazi moon base. Until then, this is Ken Hudnall for the Ken Hudnall Show saying have a truly great evening. With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.